Well, hello, and welcome back to the podcast. Um, This is going to be an interesting one, and I'm excited to introduce you to my guest today. As you all know, my background is in nutrition and holistic wellness and life coaching. While I'm certified to teach yoga, I don't generally regard myself as a fitness professional. It's not really my area of expertise. However, within this wellness space, I have been fortunate enough to meet many wonderful and very knowledgeable fitness professionals, one of whom I'm going to introduce you to today. Tanya Shaw is a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner, a kinesthesiologist, and mindset coach. She's the founder of Fit and Vibrant Coaching Programs, the owner of Ascend Fitness and Lifestyle, and host of the Fit and Vibrant You podcast. Through functional lab testing, personalized wellness protocols, and mindset coaching, Tanya helps her clients live fitter, healthier, and more vibrant lives in midlife and beyond. So I say, yes, please. Mm -hmm. Hello, Tanya, and welcome to the Welligant Woman podcast. Oh, thank you so much for having me today. So, you know, I would love to chat with you about fitness over 40 and how we can best support our bodies as we age. Um, I know for me personally, I really had to kind of change and adapt my movement practice when I went for my DEXA scan and Mm -hmm. the results showed some bone loss. Um, Up until that point, I hadn't really strength trained. So, you know, can you talk to us about the unique needs of our bodies once we cross over that 40 threshold and, you know, how we should maybe adapt or modify our fitness regimens? Yeah, so really um, big questions. So Mm -hmm. let's dive in. And you write at that that we need to adapt. And I would argue that quite often the things that we even do in our 20s and 30s might not be the best practices for us, especially as women who have cycles and uh, different kind of phases of hormones through our cycle. But yet we kind of can almost get away with it um, because we don't really notice the symptoms usually until 40 plus, or we start to go through perimenopause or menopause. So it's not necessarily that everything that we're doing before was actually working for us. It's just that we don't notice that it wasn't working until we get to a certain age. And so it is really important to step back and to reevaluate. And I want to say too, I mean, it goes back to basics. And one of the most important things is that you do something that really works for you. Um, at Ascend Fitness, which is my personal training studio here in Chilliwack, we work mostly with women and men over 50 plus, like, and beyond who have lots of conditions and you know, some have arthritis, some have you know, back issues. And there's becoming a bit more of a rise right now in the emphasis on movement for women past 40 and, and through menopause. And a lot of it's really empowering and really awesome. But a lot of it's also based on this idea that we should be lifting like super, super, super heavy and, you know, six to eight rep max. And we should be doing like maybe sprint intervals once a week and that's it. And it's all wonderful if you're an athlete and you're really strong, but you also have to just take into account what your body is willing to do and able to do. And don't ever feel like you're less than because you're not meeting this measurement of I should be lifting super heavy because it doesn't work for everyone. At my studio, we have a lot of people who are doing like quite gentle exercises, but getting great results for their body. And I think that's an important thing is that just like nutrition, just like 
um, creating lifestyle changes, we can take information from what we read in books and what we see on social media, but we have to also make it our own. And I think that's a really important factor or, or about kind of philosophy uh, mm-hmm. so that we can really listen to our bodies and take care of ourselves. I'm uh, so glad that you mentioned that because this was an example for me where you go on the internet or you watch videos, listen to podcasts, whatever, and you get this information that is completely contradictory. That one of my questions for you, you kind of read my mind was, you know, what do we go with? Do we go with lighter weights and more reps or heavier weights and fewer reps? Because that's a question that I was having a hard time finding an answer to because there are so many different perspectives. So I really appreciate that you said that because it is very confusing. And for somebody who's a beginner to weightlifting, it can make the practice somewhat intimidating. Sure. And dangerous. And and the answer to both to that question is yes. Like, yes, do lightweights and, and higher repetitions. And yes, do heavier weights and lower reps. It kind of depends on your body. I have a lot of people that I work with who I would never, ever do anything like super heavy with because it just would not work for their other body. You know, one thing that we have to remind ourselves is like, what's the purpose of all of this? And sometimes we can get caught up with these like, you know, four or five time a week strength training routines and these split routines and they're, it's wonderful, but like, but what's the goal? Is the goal to have like the most ripped, amazing body, or is it to go live your life and be functional in life? And that's what we have to start to think about. One thing I love doing personally, this summer I've done so much of it and I love it is backpacking. And so I go into the wilderness for a few days with my backpack, my tent and all my stuff. And it's a reminder to me how important it is to stay strong for that. So I'm focusing on a lot of squats and lunges and step ups and things like that, because that's what I want to do. So both can be really helpful. And there is no, you know, perfect exercise program. You, there are people who do more kind of like body weight yoga videos, like, you know, that type of exercises, maybe with a bit of strength resistance and who are in amazing shape. And there are people who do higher weights, lower reps, and who are in amazing shape too. So I think that we have to just expand what we see as fitness and make sure that it works for lifestyle. I was listening to another podcast about fitness and he reinforced that the two most important things in terms of getting results and and being fit is, well, number one is to have a plan to do so, to have some sort of plan. Because you and I both know when you go to do a workout, you have no plan at all. You kind of like, you know, do laps around the gym where you do a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and you leave never feeling you did anything because you just didn't have a plan to follow. And the number two is consistency. And I know it sounds so boring because we love the sexy <laughs> plans and the the fancy pants things, but consistency is, are you going to do it regularly? Okay. And so- I mean, if I were to kind of give best practices for women over 40, I would say, first of all, like, make sure you are moving your body every day, doing something like that's huge. Um, strength training. If I can get everyone to do some sort of resistance training, whether that be heavier weights or lighter weights, but ideally, I mean, somewhere probably between 10 to 15 reps in that range. When you get to the point you're really, you're kind of done afterwards is a, is a good place to start, but that might not, that might be too much for some people to start with and that's so okay too. But strength training, I mean, I prefer for me personally for lifestyle is full body workouts. I don't want to spend hours at the gym. I like going two to three times a week for half an hour and that's it. Full body workouts, strength training, and then like walking, you know, hiking, uh, cycling, 
especially over, you know, as we, as we get through menopause and perimenopause, you don't want to do whole lots of cardio training. It seems to be quite counterproductive. And the more I work with my clients and I actually look, cause I also do lab, I do hormone testing. I do gut health testing. I look at the minerals, like thyroid function, all that. I look at that with my clients. I realize firsthand because I see it, the impact of a lot of our chronic over-exercising of always like pushing, mm-hmm. pushing, pushing, trying to do too much. And so it's really important that we recognize moving every day, walking, doing something active every day like with intention. A mobility training, like you said, you're doing some yoga is fantastic. I do most of my mobility training just linked right to my strength workouts. I'll do, you know, just a bit of mobility before and after. And then one thing we often don't think about when it comes to fitness is not just intentional movement, but just moving our body anyway. So less sitting, you know, we've heard about parking further away and taking the stairs and all those things. And it's not about burning a whole bunch of calories or tracking your steps. It's just about our bodies are meant to move. And the more you can stand up, the more you can be active throughout the house, whether it is vacuuming or gardening or, you know, going for a walk after dinner, all of that is so, so great. Now, just to clarify, when you say mobility, are you talking mostly about stretching? Yeah, yeah stretching, yoga practices, even like anything mm-hmm. that moves you through the full range of motion of your of your body. For some people, that's partly strength training. I mean, mm-hmm. if you do strength training throughout the full range of motion, you can get some mobility training as well. It's one of those things that just, just like a lot of things, we don't use it, we lose it. And then when we start to lack mobility, then we start to develop more dysfunctional movement patterns and then we create an injury pattern and and things like that. And that's not what we want. And most of us, I mean, there are a few people who are hypermobile, but the vast majority of us are not. So doing some is is wonderful. Okay. You know, it's, it's always interesting to me because I think, you know, once we hit 40 and the metabolism naturally slows a bit and, you know, we lose a bit of muscle tone, I think people will generally revert to more cardio and more intense Mm -hmm. cardio. So Again, I appreciate what you said about steering clear of workouts that have cardio that's too intense or, you know, something that's going Mm -hmm. to stress the body because we know that, you know, that raises cortisol and has some other health consequences. So in terms of cardio, is walking enough? Because people out there say, well, you know, walking is all well and good, but it's not really challenging your body the way that you need to in midlife. So what would your suggestions be as far as how to make walking enough of a cardio workout? Sure. Again, it depends enough for what is the question, Mm -hmm. like enough to be fit, enough to prevent diseases, enough to, I mean, if you want to go hike mountains, it's not enough because you can't walk on the flat and then go hike, you know, a couple of thousand feet into the air and think that's enough. So I think it really depends on what you're doing and also where you're starting from. So for a lot of people, if they're not walking, walking is fantastic. And for a lot of people, power walking is like not just going to be enough to start with, but enough for regular health and wellness. It's weight bearings. You have some bone stimulation there too, which is fantastic. So that might be enough for some people. Again, it it sort of depends. Like there is no one size fits all because I have some clients who are in a very, very, very depleted state. Their adrenals are not functioning well. Their other cortisol is too high, too low. Sometimes we're in a depleted state with uh, mineral balance and doing honestly any cardio, like more than half an hour is weight is like, that's the max and that's it. So it kind of depends on from person to person. But the question I think for you is what is your goal? What is enough? Um, 
Like for me, I, I personally love strength training twice, two to three times a week. I do some sort of cardio probably two times, two to three times a week that maybe, maybe like a run or a walk run. That's about 30, 40 minutes sort of thing. But I love hiking too. So hiking always takes a little bit longer. Yeah. And there are some women too, who are over 40 and training for marathons and like seemingly can, can handle it because their body, like they've had done so much of recovery in there. Maybe they're not stressed out so much. So it, I wish there was like this one size fits all, but there really, really isn't. And I think it it goes back to basics of like, if I can get everyone to do some strength training, that would be Mm -hmm. amazing. And then ask yourself, like, what do you want for yourself? If your goal is, you know, for general health and wellness and to maintain your weight, which I think is fantastic for a lot of us, strength train, do some mobility training, go for walks every day and then watch what you eat. <laughs> like that's right. that's the, the premise. It's funny too, because I think, you know, we we like, as you said, the sexy plan and the the big sweeping changes, but those are not generally the things that move the needle, right? It's it's as no. you said, small, manageable changes, consistency over time. Right? I know. How are, boring is that? Hey, <laughs> like let's make it. Yeah. I know, and it doesn't sell really well, like in terms of like here, here's the steps to get the, like the the body you right. want in the next, <laughs> you know, five years from now, your 12 month fitness plan on consistency. We don't want that, but it is really the, the key to going forward. And, and I think we sometimes need to just be honest with ourselves and also start to listen to our own body too, which is really hard to do because there's so much noise out there. And it's so easy, like you said, to, to want to do the intense workouts because, well, once that's all the information we had, you know, growing up is that we're supposed to just burn calories and work harder. But there's also that message out there of pushing hard and you see someone doing the 75 hard or you're trying to compete with your husband or or the, the guy at the gym who seems to be able to manage it. But you really have to I think, come home to yourself and ask yourself the questions. Like for myself, I've actually cut back my, my exercise a, a lot in the last, solely in the last couple of years. And my tendency is to want to do more because I love it. Like I, I love the feeling. I love being out there, but I know my body does not like, even though I feel good for my, my minerals and some of my stress hormones, I'm like, it's not liking it. So you have to really respond to that. Sometimes we even want to do the cardio, not because we want to do the cardio, but because we think we should. And when you take all of that information away and you just, again, listen to yourself and ask yourself, what's going to serve you? You can sometimes come up with your own answers and really listen to your body. But that's also hard to do because sometimes you think you're listening to your body, but you're just getting the message that you want to stay in bed. <laughs> and yeah. you, really, you really should do is get up. So it's a, there's a, that little bit of a balance and a happy medium to be found. But yeah. And, and, you know, it's, it's interesting too. We live in this information age, right. And, and I've had this conversation with clients as well. Like there's no shortage of information. The information is not the thing because the information is out there and available to the masses. And if it so were just it. a matter of getting information, we have it. Um, and women are so frustrated. I speak to so many women who are frustrated by the fact that they can't seem to be consistent and they can't seem to motivate themselves to get out of bed and they're bored and they're, you know, really struggling with putting a movement practice into place and sticking with it. And I know you speak a lot about self-sabotage and about what it takes to make healthy habits stick. So can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. And you're right. That is the majority of the work I do. Like I love 
protocols. I love looking at labs and helping my clients because that also matters. If you are exhausted and you're trying to do the 75 hard or the, the, the half marathon training and you wonder why you can't be consistent, it's not a willpower issue. It's a program and it's a protocol issue. So when I think of consistency, and I do work a lot on self-sabotage and uh, building consistency, because you're right, that's what we need. Um, my, my formula is that consistency is clarity plus follow through, which is really simple. Clarity means, do we even know what we're trying to be consistent on? Because quite often we say things like, I'm just going to start exercising. And what does that mean? Or I'm going to move more today, or I'm going to get in shape. I'm going to start going to the gym. Like there's no clarity and not just clarity for like a 21 day plan or a 90 day plan, but clarity for today. One of my practices that I do consistently every day and I recommend my clients to, and when they do, they do fantastically well is to plan your day every single day. And make sure that the plan for the day matches the reality of your life. That's so important because quite often we're not consistent because we think we need to uphold some measurement or some, you know, some metric every single day when sometimes life doesn't permit that and you have to be flexible with your goals. For example, today's Monday as we record this podcast, it's a pretty regular Monday, but that is like, I'm not on vacation it's not a holiday. And so a lot of my goals, I can kind of be relatively consistent with them. But if it was a holiday or if I was away or if I had you know, family over, my goals might look different for that day. So that's the first thing is make sure that your goals are matching the reality of life, your life, where you're starting from. That's actually realistic because sometimes the problem with consistency is not, it's not our mindset. It's not our environment. It is just the fact that the plan is not going to work for us. And that can happen. Let's right. say if you have start going on this nutrition plan and it requires you to make separate meals from all of your family. So you're cooking twice and you're working, you know, 50, 60 hours a week, it's probably not going to work. It's not that you're weak or broken. It's just not a good plan for you. Right. So that's important. And then after the clarity part is the follow through. It's, it's like, okay, do I have the plan? And I follow through. That's what consistency is. It's the follow through. The follow through is two things. And you've spoken on environment um, and the importance of environment. Environment is super helpful and important for us. So how can you make that follow through easier? If your goal is to work out in the morning, can you put your alarm further away? Um, actually, someone else did that. I heard from a friend, someone was having a hard time getting up in the morning and so he would set his coffee timer, like it was like one of those Keurig kind of things to go off at a certain time, but without a coffee cup underneath. So when his alarm goes up, he had to run upstairs <laughs> to put the coffee cup underneath his Keurig. Otherwise the coffee would be all over the floor. So that's an example. It could be a example. messy way to do it. <laughs> but it would make sure it's effective. That you want to get it out of bed. <laughs> so that's an example of environment. Now environment is not everything. You can have an environment that's not effective and you can still follow through, but what can you do to make your environment easier? If you're going to the gym, can you get your stuff out the day before? Can you, if you're going to go to the gym after or work out after work, can you get dressed at work before you go home? Like one of the biggest barriers to, to working out is getting dressed. I, I know it's for me too. It's just such a simple one, but seemingly big, making sure you have a plan for your workout. So things like that, accountability can be great. So you were meeting someone. 
all that kind of environment piece is huge. And then the next part is the mindset piece is how we talk to ourselves. It's the conversation that we have with ourselves. And that's huge. So much of my work with my clients on is how we, that conversation, because I can talk myself into something. I can talk myself out of something. And quite often we have that first negative thought or that first, I don't feel like it. And that's where the conversation stops. We don't continue that conversation. So I'm a big fan of questions, a lot of questions to to start to ask yourself questions, like engage in the conversation with yourself. And so it's clarity plus follow through. And then when you get the results, when you follow through, make sure you reinforce it. And that's by celebrating the wins and, and you know, little ones, the big ones. And then when you don't, then have a process to troubleshoot the problems. And you are going to have times where you're not consistent. You're going to have times where you're not going to follow through, but having a process where you actually work through at one of my podcast episodes, I think it's 273. I have a podcast on weight loss struggles. It's a five-step process really to overcome. I'll link to it in the okay. show notes. That's a good one. Um, I'll link to that for sure. But that one is, a, it's a process where you just go through when things are not working well, because we have this idea when we start programs and plans that we just see ourselves following through. We have no backup plan for when we don't. And yet, if you look at history, <laughs> it's pretty obvious. We're probably going to slip up from time to time. So having that plan is really important. Yeah, and- no, I love that. Now, I love what you have to say about, you know, kind of retraining the brain and developing a mindset and and practices that support, you know, whatever discipline it is you're trying to create around fitness. Now, I will link to the podcast that you mentioned. I know you also have a free resource, a free training for women over 50. I'm going to link to that in the show notes as well. And, you know, I'm sure that viewers will want to find you. Can you share with us how people can get in touch with you? Sure. Thank you. The best probably is the podcast. I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably already a podcast listener and it's one of the things you do. I also have a podcast. It's called The Fit and Vibrant You. So you can find it on you know, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, iTunes, all those places. And then my website is tanyashaw.com, which is T-A-N-J-A-S-H-A-W com and everything's on there. Wonderful. I will put all those links below as well as you're on uh, Instagram and Facebook and the socials. So I'll, I'll link to that. And thank you so much for being with us today. Yeah, I, I appreciate it. Thank you.